if we could get the mindset that some that this, this whole thing is bigger than our personal lives, our personal comfort, then I think it would be easier for us to celebrate other people because we wouldn't be focused on why they have it and we don't. Everything's fine and you never have a trial and you never have a tribulation and nothing ever goes wrong, then how is God going to show you his his power? How is he going to show you that he's deliverer? Yeah. How are you going to have the revelation that he's protector? I mean, you can Our daughter, um, we have a daughter named Hope. We named her Hope um, after going through some pretty trying times with her um, in before she was born. She, there was complications and she was born. Welcome back to the WordCast podcast. I'm so excited to jump into this next episode. Uh, we're still going to Philippians. I'm Matt. This is my wonderful wife, April. We are still going through the book of Philippians, and we are in chapter two, finishing up chapter two today. Um, it's been three episodes on chapter two. It's a good chapter. This is episode five, right? Yes, this is episode five, oh. but this is the third episode on chapter two. Oh, oh. the third episode of chapter two. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, yeah, this is a, such a good good book so far. If you haven't watched any of our episodes or heard any of our episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to the rest of Philippians. It has been an awesome journey, but we're going to jump right into chapter two and finish off where we were. So let's jump into our text. Philippians chapter two, we're picking up in verse 19. It says, now I hope to see, or excuse me, now I hope to sin. No, let me start this whole sentence over. <laughs> Apparently I can't read today. So now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be encouraged by the news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character, talking about Timothy, because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will also come soon. Now, we'll stop right there for a moment. Do you see anything in that text that immediately jumps out to you? Well, first, I think it's sad. He says, for I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. Like yeah, no, there's no one else, no one guy. <laughs> I'm sure there were other people in the church, but in Timothy or in Paul's life, Paul's in prison, right? So, yeah, so how many true. people does he actually have in his life that, and that's an interesting point that, you know, you know, who's truly there, who's truly someone you can count on when you're in your darkest, hardest moment. You know, he knew he could trust Timothy and stand with or have Timothy do it. Because in his darkest moment, Timothy was there like a son to a father. And I think that's an interesting, interesting thing. Sometimes I think we have friends. All I can think of is I got friends in low places. I got friends <laughs> I'm not in low that. places. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. That's that's, uh, sorry, I hurt your ears there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, yeah, you have friends. You know, I think everybody has people in their life that you know you can trust or, or that you are friends and then there's some people you know okay these people are in my life but in my darkest hardest moment these aren't the people that i would i would lean on and there are people who you know in our lives you know we have a handful of you know of course you got your family 
but then outside of family, you have a handful of friends or people who are close to you that, you know, if you, if you have two or three people that, you know, you can lean on it, even in that hardest moment, you're doing good, you know? And, and, uh, well, Paul knew what that was like. And then in verse 21, he goes on, all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. So that may, when I read that, that makes me want to not seek my own interest. That makes me want to be a person who is the mind of Christ makes me want to be a person who genuinely cares for others that kind of like pricks my yeah. conscience or pricks my spirit. Like, Oh goodness, I don't want to be somebody that this is said about. Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah. I want to be, uh, you know, everybody listens to and watches or reads the Bible and you're the hero of the story. Right. <laughs> so you read that, but the truth is I'm, you know, you want to be like, I want to be the Timothy. I want to be the Timothy that I know is there that I care. I'm not seeking my own interest. But at the end of the day, um, it's like, oh, wait, I'm the thorn. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you, well. <laughs> I thought I was David. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, yeah, I think that's interesting that how often are we the person looking after our own interest? And I think it's also interesting, speaking of that, I think it's interesting that what Paul's talking about here is sending Timothy to the church in Philippi. To to check on how they're doing, and isn't he's that... in jail? So he's in jail. Yeah, and he's worried about you know the gospel being advanced. Yeah, because that's why he's in jail, and so now he's like, I got to find somebody who has the mind of Christ, who has the mind like Paul's mind, so they can they can advance the gospel. Yep, that's all he. I mean, he's not just concerned. He's like not thinking, oh, I need to find someone to help me get out of jail not all about Paul. It's still, he has, so he has, he, yeah, he's not looking after his own interests. He's looking after the cares of others. But I think it's also interesting that he relates that to, you know, right there. He talks about when he talks about, you know, like you said, in verse 21, all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus. Jesus interest is the church and how they're doing. Cause that's what he's talking about. Timothy going to see, check on the church of Philippi. It's like, do we understand that? Our interest is self-focused. Jesus's interest is is on the church and on the souls, peoples and souls. And, yeah, and I think that's a that's an interesting thing. Is is well, it's still the same theme all throughout chapter two. It's continuing with the same theme that we've talked about. Um, Philippians two five going back adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that ties in with what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's all having that same. Same mindset, living like Jesus, and Jesus was always outward focused, not inward focused. And we are called to do the same thing. We're called to not just be seeking our own interests, but seeking the interests of others. And we're called to be like-minded, have the mind of Christ, and genuinely, genuinely care about other people's interests, not just, hey, how are you? And they're like, oh, good. And you're like, Oh, I'm good too. Let me tell you about myself. <laughs> Let me tell you my issues. And then walk off. Like, no, like when we ask somebody, how are you doing? Like to genuinely care how they're, actually, how they're doing. actually doing. And when they tell you, <laughs> oh, I'm actually doing really bad. I need help. You're not like, oh, okay. Well, sorry to hear that. Bye. <laughs> like, no. So I think there's actually a twofold thing to that. I think when they tell us how they're doing and they're doing not good. Like they really need help, yeah. like practical help. Like, oh, I need help. Like my, I need help doing a task. Like I have a, something I need done or 
I need someone to watch my kids next weekend. You're not like, oh, I hope you figure that out. Bye. And I see you. God bless you, brother. God, like, God no, bless I you. can help I'll, I'll pray you. for you. And then you never say a prayer. Um, yeah. By the way, if you're listening to this or, or watching this, stop doing that. Stop telling people that you're going to pray for them if you're not actually going to pray for them. Because you're lying. You're lying. If you're not actually having the intention. I know <laughs> you have the intention to do it and then you forget. That's one thing, but. Yeah, actually. If you say that and you have no intention of doing it, then you're lying. Don't, don't, don't. We, we, uh, we, we know what the Bible says about liars. Yeah, not good. We, we need, we need Jesus to help us. Um, I won't sing the little song that I sing. Revel, no, okay. Um, (laughs) this is singing podcast. Singing podcast. You, you joined a musical today. Um, so. I, I think it's interesting. There's a flip side of that, right? So we, we hear them doing bad and we don't really want to hear that because we don't want to actually put forth the effort to help them. The other side of that is when they're doing good and they tell us how awesome everything's going in their life, jealousy rises up a lot of times. Or trying to like one up them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you think that happened? Let me tell you what happened in my life, you know, and you get to one up them trying to, trying to seem like you're doing better than them. Talking yourself up. Yeah, that's just selfish. Stop doing that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's Paul, I think, is interesting here because Paul, when he talks about wanting to get a report on them, he's saying he wants to be encouraged by what's going on. So he says it right there in in the early verses. He says, I hope to send Timothy to you so I may be encouraged by news about you. Like yeah. he wants to hear how good they're doing. Not so no jealousy. I want to hear how awesome things are. I'm in prison. But I want to hear how awesome things are going with you because that encourages me. And what that's if we started? Why he's in, that's the that's why he's in prison. Is the prison. gospel right? What, what if our? But even setting this gospel aside, for I mean, not say that sounds bad. Don't set the <laughs> gospel say what? aside. <laughs> but <laughs> but even that concept of just recognizing that other people's, even if I'm not in a good position. Other people being blessed and doing good is should be encouragement to me. Yeah, because as Christians, we're supposed to be part of one body, the body of Christ. We're many people, but we're one body, one unit. And so if one person is doing good, that should, we're all should be doing good. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like it should be like, I'm not here for my own personal gain. I'm here for the gain of the body of Christ. And so if, if you're being blessed, if if God's doing something amazing for you, that's something to celebrate for me, even if I'm not the one experiencing it, even if I'm experiencing the opposite, even if I'm going like I'm in Paul and in prison, you know, I should be encouraged and excited about what's happening to other people. And I think we, we miss out on that sometimes because our own jealousy or, you know, we're singing today. I don't know what. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but so I think it's um moving think, on. <laughs> moving on. Um I oh, think it's it, you saying something. Oh, I was just saying I think it's interesting that Paul's mentality, you know, Paul wasn't perfect. I think sometimes we put people on pedestals. Paul wasn't I mean he was a sinner just like the rest of us. But um he wasn't perfect and I'm sure he didn't live this out perfectly and never had any, you know, moments of failure. He did. But he had this mentality, this mindset that was so much bigger than himself. And I think 
if we could get that mindset, you know, which is all that Philippians 2 has been talking about, the mind of Christ and having a mind for others and the advancement of the gospel. And if we could get the mindset that this, some, this, this, this whole thing is bigger than our personal lives, our personal comfort, then I think it would be easier for us to celebrate other people because we wouldn't be focused on why they have it and we don't. Yeah, that's the theme, I think, throughout the chapter is having the mind of Christ. And mm -hmm. in having the mind of Christ, you're not going to be self-focused. You're not going to be selfish. And in having the mind of Christ, you're able to do all of these things that God is calling you to do. I think, and a part of that, Paul had the mind of Christ in a couple of ways. Um, I think I see it here in just in this last phrase, in this, what we just read, verse 24, he says, I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come to you soon. Um, he, he's sending Timothy because he can't go because he's in prison. But Paul didn't lose hope. Paul He's confident in the Lord. I think that's key. Yeah, in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't just say, I'm confident, but I'm confident in the Lord. The, and and whether, whether or not, because there, there's some debate on when Philippians takes place, but it's very unlikely that Paul at this point got out and was able to go anywhere. I think this is when he was in prison for his final time before he ends up ultimately getting beheaded. And I think it's interesting that Paul, even, even in the dire circumstances where he doesn't seem to have much hope, like, or shouldn't have much hope in the natural had hope. And I think that's a significant thing about the mind of Christ is when you're when you're others focused like like Paul is like he he's caring about the, what's going on in the Church of Philippi. He's writing these letters because of what God's doing in other places. He's excited to be in prison because he's you know excited for the advancement of the gospel, and he's in prison for the advancement of the gospel. But in the midst of all of that, it wasn't just oh I'm gonna die, so I'm excited for what's happening for you because I got nothing left. It was hey I'm confident that I'm going to, that God's going to make a way. Now, Paul re recognized that whether I live as Christ to die is gain. Like we read that, right? So he, he, Paul is not afraid to die. He's not looking at it like, oh, God must, you know, must get me out of prison. It's a requirement. It's just, he had a constant hope. And I think that's the significant thing that we recognize that things we go through in this life, you know, God, God's in control, right? So we, we know that whether we, we live, whether we die, whether we get relief from what we're going through or whether we don't, God's in control. But at the end of the day, we live with a constant expectation of good, of hope. And I think that's, that's a significant thing. One thing with our, when, so our daughter, um, we have a daughter named Hope. And we named her Hope um, after going through some pretty trying times with her um, in, before she was born, she, there was complications and she was born extremely early. We kept getting bad report after bad report from the doctor, but we chose to hope and have our hope in the Lord and not believe the reports yep. of the, the doctors and to, that we were hoped in the yep. Lord that she was going to live and not just live, but thrive. And she is, she's, yeah, she's healthy and healthy nine-year-old girl now. And, um, there was all kinds of complications and, and we, there was this just this message of of hope that we felt at the time that even though things were complicated, there were times where things looked very, very grim. And um, she was born extremely early in in the NICU, and 
And I remember just this moment of, of being with God and praying and, and just being infused with hope, you know, as hard as it was, as, as you feel the emotions of, of pain and struggle, you also have this, you're just infused with hope if you have your mind on Christ. Yeah, because that's the key. Like our hope was in the Lord. We didn't just have hope, like some mystical hope and like just hope and have good feelings and good thoughts and good vibes. And you're just hopeful, like in the natural. No, our hope was in the Lord. And we know that the Lord, I mean, he's God, he's creator, he's sustainer. He is God. Like if our hope is in the Lord, then we are secure no matter what happens. Yeah. It doesn't that's the matter. key. The hope is in the Lord. Yeah. And that's what Paul's was confident in the Lord. Yeah. Christ. And yeah, it was his confidence wasn't in himself to get him out of prison. Or he didn't just have like, you know, hope, just nice little hope that he had. And <laughs> I'm hopeful. And no, it's in Christ. Like, yeah, it's, it's everything centers around being in Christ and having the mind of Christ and, and focused on Jesus. And, and ultimately that hope comes with the, you know, I think of there's a story in the old Testament of, in the book of Daniel, about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and that billy goat. No. Da -da. <laughs> um, and Abednego. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they they were commanded to bow down and worship Nebuchadnezzar, and they didn't. And uh, they were, knew that the cost of that was going to be thrown in, being thrown into a fiery furnace. And so he, um, he comes and he takes them and gives them one last chance not to start to bow down, and they won't. And they said, our God is well able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. This but if not, Matt's favorite oh, lines oh, in the entire Bible. This Bible's If you get this, it's powerful. And he's, they said, our God is well able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But if not, we will still worship him and him alone and will not bow down. And I think that's, that's the mindset. God's well able. I, I can have hope because I know that he's in control and he's well able to deliver me. So I have hope, mm -hmm. but if not, it's okay. And I think that story and the story of Paul is showing that these people are not serving and worshiping God for what they can get out of it. Right. They're serving and worshiping God because he's good because just they're in a relationship with God because they love him because he is worthy. He alone is worthy. There's so many people who are, supposedly following Jesus and something bad happens and they're like, God, where are you? I, I was following God, but he didn't come through for me. Like yeah. he's letting me rot in this prison. He's letting me be persecuted. I'm going to go in a fiery furnace. God, where are you? <laughs> God, do you even exist? Yeah. And they're missing it. Yeah. They're, they're missing. There's a moment, there's a way you can trust and believe in God and worship God in a moment when chaos is erupting and things are going bad that you can't worship him when everything's going good. And I mean, <clears throat> I don't, not like that you that. can't worship him when you're good, but there, there's something you can offer God in your pain that you can't offer God. You when get you get a revelation it. of Jesus differently in the valley. Yeah. Or say, you know, the valley than the mountain, because he's the same God. There's that old song. You're the God on the mountain and is still God in the valley. And he's the same God. But I feel like, your revelation 
of who God is in the valley is a oh, different yeah. revelation of who God is on the top of the mountain. Yep. When you're in the valley, at least in my experience, when you are in the deepest, darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, you see Jesus in a way you never saw him on oh, top yeah. of the mountain. Oh, yeah. It's it's one of those things that if I can see God where I'm at. Like seeing Jesus or seeing God in the valley of the shadow of death, seeing him there, you see, you, you get a revelation of him that you never, ever would see on the mountaintop. Yeah. It's like, imagine, think about just in a natural marriage for a moment, right? If, if everything's always happy in our life, it, I see one side of you when things are hard and when things are, when there's struggle, I see a completely different aspect of you. You know, when things are easy and things are going good and things are happy, yeah, we, we, we have so much. No, I mean, a good thing. Are <laughs> you like, in, this, this is a good, positive thing. Yeah. You know, you are, and, and well, so like any person, like if everything's going well, you see one side of them, one version of them, pressure comes in and stress comes in and, you know, yeah. something uh, that you see a different side of the person or say even like, um, the whole like mama bear analogy, if you're out at a mom and you're playing with your kids in the park, but then say something like a wild dog comes running out at your kids, mama is going to come like attack mode, yeah. like nice little mama is going to be like getting a stick and beating that dog off. Like you're going to see a different side of mama come out. Or if you're, yeah. You know, you hear these stories of, this is kind of random, I hear these stories of like a car on a child and the mother like from, from her adrenaline, I don't know if those are real stories, <laughs> they like can lift the car off the kid. But like you can see when hard things come, when trials come, when situations, dire situations come, you can see God's power. Yeah. That was trying to connect that analogy to God's power. It worked. If you're going through something terrible and extreme you have an opportunity to see god's power manifested to see god's miraculous power to see god come through for you in a way that you may not necessarily he may not have to come through in that way if you're up on the mountain and everything's fine and you never have a trial and you never have a tribulation and nothing ever goes wrong then how is god going to show you his his power how is he going to show you that he's deliverer yeah. How are you going to have the revelation that he's protector? I mean, you can read he's deliverer. You can read he's protector. You can read he's provider. But when you have a need and you have like no money and you need a miracle of finance and you then God provides for you, yeah, you have that revelation that he's provider. Now, if you just always have whatever you need and you're never in a situation where you have want or need, you don't get to see that him come through as provider. Like... If you're never need healing, you don't get to see him come through as healer. If you never need protecting, you don't need to see, you don't get to see him come through as protector. And that, and if you don't see him in those ways, then you don't see the fullness of who he is. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. How, I mean, it's amazing when you are in a place of deep need and then you see God come through, then you know that, you know, like I know God is provider. I know that God is protector. I know that God is never leaves and never forsakes. I know that God is with you in the deepest, 
darkest trial, I know that he's there because I've had to experience that. Yep. Yep. And that, and that knowing him and that That's deeper priceless, level is, I feel yeah, like, like it's everything I wouldn't, I don't think I would want to just have an easy, nothing ever goes wrong life. Cause then I wouldn't know God in that way. And there's a power in knowing God in that way. There's, there's beauty and power. In there's, there's, there's beauty that comes out of pain. You know, the scripture talks about beauty from ashes and, and, and that's really the importance of suffering and pain. And, you know, G, Paul talked about it earlier in this chapter. He talked about the mind of Christ, but he talked about it in the context of Jesus suffering, you know, going to the cross. And, and there's a beauty that you think of the cross, the ultimate picture of suffering, the cross is what brought the greatest beauty to the world. It's, it's the beauty of Jesus and, and the love of God. The greatest outpouring of beauty is found in the most gruesome outpouring of pain and suffering. And so this is, this kind of answers a question that a lot of people ask of why does God allow pain and suffering? If he's such a good God, because there's good in suffering. Yeah. I feel like that's a very nuanced that's a very nuanced um, question. What we get, we're not going to answer that whole question in this podcast. No, 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 no. But, that's not the point of this podcast. But I will say one aspect to that yeah, is that there aspect. is beauty in pain, and there is good, good in there is good there that can be found. Uh, so often we only see the the negative side of that moment, not realizing that there's something that's coming out of that that's so important, and. Um, we we only I want to read this next section, but I, I kind of see some of this. Yeah, we gotta in this get next through. Section. Gotta get through two. chapter two. All right, so let's talk about this next section here. All right, verses twenty five through thirty. But I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, coworker, and feller, fellow soldier. <laughs> feller, you can tell I'm southern. Feller, uh, fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need since he has been longing for all of you and was distressed because you heard he was sick indeed he was so sick that he nearly died however god had mercy on him and not only on him but also on me so that i would not have to sorrow or i would not have sorrow i messed up man i cannot read today however god had mercy on him and not only on him but also on me so that i would not have sorrow upon sorrow for this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and I may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honor because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. This is a very interesting uh, portion. It's interesting because what's what we're talking about. So Epaphroditus was actually a member of the Church of Philippi. He was a Christian from Philippi. The Church of Philippi sent Epaphroditus to Paul. Paul was in prison, and they sent Epaphroditus to minister to Paul in prison. And I think that's significant because Epaphroditus was there, and Paul calls Epaphroditus, he was sick because of the work of the ministry, because of the work of Jesus. So Paul viewed ministering to his, like them sending him to minister to Paul's needs as ministry, as actually the work of Jesus. And I think so often we think of 
the work of Jesus. If we're prison not ministry. Yeah, prison ministry. If but but he Epaphroditus wasn't preaching the gospel. He wasn't, you know, on a stage. He wasn't leading a church. He was ministering to the needs of Paul. And that to to Paul is, and you know, as it says, the work of Christ. He came. Hello, this is our dog. (laughs) But I think that's true. Like ministry, a lot of times we think of ministry as the stage, the preaching, you know, the singing. But being a mother is ministry. Raising children is ministry. Teaching your children this word, modeling Christ to your children. That's some of the greatest ministry on the planet. Well, it is caring for others ultimately. And this is what's significant. I think about the, the concept of ministry. Ministry is caring for others. Yeah. It's showing others, Jesus. I mean, caring for the Bible says pure undefiled religion is taking care of widows and orphans. We don't think like, what's your ministry? Oh, well, you know, I take care. I do have a ministry for widows and orphans and people are like, oh, that's cool. But they think, you know, it's the stage, it's the platform. Pastor, uh, youth pastor, which is it's the lead singer. Yeah. The, the lead lead singer, the lead worker. The lead, leader. I mean, those backup singers. I don't care about them. <laughs> yeah. And people view like being a youth pastor as a, it's just a stepping stone to become oh, the lead maybe pastor. Maybe someday you'll get to be a real pastor. <laughs> if, you're, if you're the backup singer on the worship team, it's just a step to get to the solo, to get yeah. to the... You know, and, it, it, no, it's ridiculous. A, yeah. Um, anyway. But the real work of the ministry was taking care of the needs of of people in their suffering. And we talked about beauty in suffering. I think this is a beautiful thing of suffering. It's in suffering that you have the, if they're suffering, then you have the opportunity to take care of needs of people who are suffering. Right? Like, not that suffering, we don't want, so let me clarify. I want to make sure everybody's aware of this. We're not saying that you should want to suffer or that you, everybody else should want to suffer. Yeah. We're not seeking out suffering. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> but, but you shouldn't want other people to suffer so that way you can meet their needs. But the idea is that in that there let is, me help you. <laughs> Here, I want to, I want to help your needs. Let me, <laughs> let me stab you real quick. So that way then I can take care of you. Oh, that, that escalated. Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we shouldn't, we shouldn't want the suffering of others, but we should, rejoice in the opportunity to to be there when other people suffer to take care of other people to, to show to christ needs. to people who need christ yeah. yeah and um i also find it interesting in this passage um where he talks about epaphroditus he talks about epaphroditus came to him helping him needs epaphroditus got sick mm-hmm. god heals him or he gets better in god's mercy is what he says and then he talks about how he's anxious to send He's, he wants to send Epaphroditus back to the church of Philippi. So first of all, they can, you know, see that he's doing okay. They heard he was sick. They're scared. You know, obviously someone you care about or love is sick. You get nervous and he wants to, he's fine. God's shown mercy. He's healed. He, I want him to come back to you so that way you can be comforted, the fact that he's there. But also Paul says, so it can relieve my anxiety. And I think that's an interesting point because I think we think of Paul as the great awesome guy who, you know, he's talking about all this selflessness and love. Anxiety? Paul what? had anxiety. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think that's an interesting point because I think that makes him very relatable to, to a lot of us that we can have some awesome things going on in our life and be doing good in certain things in our life, but we can also have anxiety and issues that we need to deal with too. Like, like Paul was amazing. He, he was, had the right mindset. He was doing great. He, he's an incredible man. And yet, still had issues like occasional anxiety and over different issues and things like that. 
But I feel like he wasn't, you know, anxious for himself. He was anxious for the gospel being preached. Like he was anxious for the people. Like his, is that what it's saying? Yeah, I think, well, it talks about this. I'm very eager to send him to you so that you may rejoice again and maybe less, and I may be less anxious. I think he's talking about the fact that they were upset that they had heard he was sick. Oh, I see. And so he cares for them and he's anxious for them because he he's anxious about them being upset that he was sick. Like he's it's, so it is outward focused, but it's it's this anxiousness of I don't want you to suffer. I'm anxious about you suffering because you're upset that he's sick. You heard he was sick and that that if you see him, if you see how, you know, how he's doing good and you see him, he comes back to you, that will relieve you, which then relieves me being anxious for you. Does yeah, that make sense? I, I, that makes sense. And just one thing in verse 30, the last part of verse 30, it says, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. I feel like that's kind of like, ouch. Like, can you imagine if you get a letter from Paul and it's like, yeah, and by the way, he risked his life to make up what was lacking, what you were lacking in. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's... Paul did not like mince his words like, he didn't um direct like listen this guy like almost died because you were lacking <laughs> i mean is that's not what it says right i mean and i'm misinterpreting it <laughs> a little bit <laughs> i am oh no uh-oh uh-oh um so yeah what it's actually saying is he was making up what was he was saying he was making up what was lacking. He was he was sent there by the church of Philippi to minister to Paul's needs and to make up what Paul was lacking while he was in ministry or while he was in prison. And in your ministry, it was Risking them to make up what was lacking in your ministry. Their ministry was sending him to make up what was lacking. Oh, I see. Yeah, does that make sense? So he's saying in your ministry to me was sending him so he could make up what was lacking while I was in prison that he could, I couldn't get certain things. He brought it to me. He took care of me. He made what was lacking. And that was your ministry to me. Does yeah. that, that make sense? Yeah. And I'm probably helping somebody else because they could read that and Boom. think the same thing. I yes. thought. So yes, it's, you're, welcome. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing about, um, studying in scripture, even though that verse doesn't necessarily say it the way you, you took that, there's still truth in the principle that you you gleaned from that. And that was, um, there are multiple times throughout Scripture that we see Paul be blunt with people not doing what they're supposed to be doing, or Jesus did the same thing, right? And so, and, and that's okay. And I, I point that out because sometimes I think we're afraid to be blunt. Paul and Jesus were not. And well, too, um, that it's okay to read something and then realize you read it wrong like that's okay and also like you said the importance of studying the bible because we could just read something and take it at face value but sometimes you have to dig deep yeah into something really study it and break it down and make sure think through it you yeah. understand it and a lot of times that means going to somebody else like i'm always going to matt what does this mean i don't understand this this doesn't <laughs> make any sense it, matt, matt gets that almost every day <laughs> and right now i'm reading okay. through right now i'm on my personal Bible time, I'm reading through Leviticus and I'm like, Matt, 
<laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Um, what does this mean? But yeah, like studying the Bible, studying it, not just a lot of people read the Bible, but not a lot of people, at least the average Joe don't Christian study it. doesn't study the Bible. Yeah, very important. important. So very. that would be probably what we would end with is, um, don't just read it, study it and study ask questions. It. This is important. <laughs> and make sure the person you ask the questions actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, very important, especially in, um, I think, and we'll end with that study scripture. And, you know, April, she'll come to me a lot. It doesn't mean I have all the answers. I don't. And a lot of times I'll say, I don't know, or I'll get it wrong, or I'll go to someone else. You heard um, it here. Matt Moss does not know everything. I do not know you everything. Heard it here first. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it's important to go to others and, and there's wisdom in much counsel as scripture says that's in the Bible. So we'll leave you there. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, if you are listening on Spotify or on Google podcasts, we do have a YouTube channel, the word room, uh, you, the link, well, I was gonna say the link would be in the description, but if you're listening, listening to this audio, you don't see that description, but it's, um, you can go to youtube.com slash at the word room and you'll see it. And also, um, if you haven't found us on Spotify or Google podcasts, by all means, go look for the word room there. You'll find us. It'll be under WordCast podcast. And also, um, if you're on YouTube, comment down below, tell us what you think about joy and, and, and hope and suffering. Tell us what you think about, uh, this chapter of Philippians chapter two. And subscribe because you don't want to miss the next episode of chapter three going into Philippians chapter three. Yeah, we're finally done chapter two. Three episodes uh, to get through chapter two, but we made it. We did it. (laughs) We'll see you guys next time.